you're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shellick and Colin White, portfolio managers with WLWP Wealth Planners, IA Private Wealth. Welcome to the next edition of Bare Naked Money. Because uh, Josh has worked so hard, we've given him a day off. And um, I'm here with another one of our partners, Devin Catalan. And Devin has got a topic that's, that's burning a hole in his brain. And he wanted to bring it forward for us to talk about today. So Devin, what do you got for us? Yeah, so a common question that we get from clients leading up to retirement is, how do you utilize a RSP? When do you take funds from it? What's the next step? Clients focus on accumulating assets their whole life. And now it's, how do we deplete these assets? And so today's conversation is, is going to be focused around RSPs and RIFs and uh, how best to draw income in retirement. And I think we can begin by stipulating that uh, what your uncle John thinks was a good idea is not going to make the list. We're going to be a little bit more calculated in, in, in how we walk you through this. For the record, it's not an exhaustive list of all possible situations because you're talking about triggering taxable income. So that's what this conversation's about. And there are a lot of moving parts and some people's situations are quite uh, complicated, but we're going to walk through some things to think about for sure and, and how to, how to think about this issue and, and maybe give you an example that's close to your situation that may help you. Yeah, there are some general rules of thumb that you hear from, like you mentioned, Colin, your next door neighbor, Bob, or, or a relative or your accountant or, or in the news and uh, general rules of thumb are a great starting point, but there's a whole nother aspect to it as well. Part of a planning piece that we'll probably discuss in, in a little bit, but uh, I guess the first place to start, what is an RSP and what's a RIF and, or when does it become a RIF, Colin? Yeah, and, and this is just one way that it's just to, to make sure we're setting the playing field. You can just cash money out of an RSP, then that's a thing. The more typical scenario is that you have an RSP that moves to an RIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund. Now, an RSP and a Retirement Income Fund are basically can be the same account, can make it in the same investments in them. There's no requirement on making a change like that to change the investment strategy. Sometimes it's called for, it's a time to, to revisit the investment strategy, but there's no requirement. So it's not a taxable event. It's not an event that, that causes any other disruption other than it changes the account type. And when you go into a RIF, there becomes a minimum amount you've got to withdraw each year and take into taxable income. You can leave the money invested and put it into your TFSA or put it into a regular investment account. But in a RIF, there's a minimum amount that's going to come out every year for taxes. Now you can RIF your money pretty much anytime you want. But if you have not moved your money into a RIF by the calendar year that you turn 71 under current rules, you've got to move it to a RIF that year. And then there's a calculation that's done based on the market value at the end of that year. And the following year, the calendar year you turn 72, there's a minimum withdrawal amount that's a little better than 6%. It's going to have to come out of your RIF. Now again, you can choose to do it earlier or you can wait until they all that you get forced into it in your seventies. Now that date and those numbers can change with every federal election or every federal budget, I should say, it's something to keep an eye on. And that's our job to keep an eye on it for our clients. So when the base rules change, then that causes a change to your plan, but you can choose to take the money out sooner than that. Some people will take the money out because they need the money to live on in retirement when they retire at 60 or 65. But yeah, basically that's the RRSP to RIF 
conversation. Yeah. And this opens up a whole nother discussion because a lot of people, what they do is they defer their RIF withdrawals or their RSP withdrawals until they have to at age yep. 71 or 72. And that's not necessarily the best case. Like you mentioned, if, if cash flow is an issue, that's it's one place to drop from. But then there's the whole tax discussion as well. And then does it make sense to pull funds from an RSP or RIF early? In a lot of situations, it may. We can't really say defer your RSP or withdrawals to age 72 and take from your other assets or say, no, take from the RSP or RIF assets first and pull from the other places at a, at a later date. That's part of a larger assessment and knowing your kind of complete tax picture now and trying to get an idea in terms of how that may look going forward as well. And I think the other point to, to, to make here is that we're talking about the tax implications of pulling money out of your RSP, which is step five. You know, step one is you need the money you need to live on, you know, so you've got to meet your lifestyle needs. So don't let the tax tail wag the dog. This, keep in mind, this conversation is starting on step five, you know, and it's more on the tax planning aspect. Then as Devin alluded to, uh, it, it, a lot of it comes down to tax brackets. So when you do a planning exercise and part of what we help you do is to try to figure out, all right, if we just do nothing, we let this run a straight line. What's your tax bill going to be every year? Now, there's a lot of people out there who believe I, I absolutely have to have all my money out of my RSP before 72, because I don't want to riff. And that's hitting it with a big piece of wood. There's the odd case that I've seen that be, the, be reasonable, but very few. Because what you're looking for is to get your taxable income or your taxable tax paid to be the least amount over the next 10 or 20 years. And you do that by trying to use up the lower tax brackets as you go. You know, so you want to, you want to avoid two things. You want to avoid super low income years, and you also want to avoid super high income years. You want to try to find the sweet spot if you can. And that's part of what planning does, right? Yep, absolutely. And you're absolutely right, Colin. It starts with what are your cash flow needs at this point? And, and that's taking into account all your sources of income, whether it be your CPP or your old age security or your pension income or the portfolios, and then assessing from there, how do you best pull from your sources of income to meet that cash flow need? Oh, you know, one thing to consider as well is with, if you don't have a pension with RIF withdrawals, you can be eligible for a pension credit at age 65. There may be ways to pull income in, in a very low tax efficient manner from your RSPs or RIFs early on. And, and to your point, it defers a larger tax burden down the line as well. Yeah, there's other wrinkles that, that creep into the conversation too, because once you start drawing your OAS, if your income goes beyond a threshold somewhere in the $70,000 range, then again, I'm not going to give a specific number because it changes. Uh, you can be subject to an OAS you know, clawback, which basically means they're going to start pulling back the benefit that you were received. Because OAS is designed as a income supplement. Beyond a certain threshold, you pay that back. So one of the thresholds that we take a look at is we want to try to avoid, in most cases, people ending up in old age security clawback. So that's one of the many things that we take a look at from a tax planning perspective. The other thing to, to, to keep in mind, not, not, not to keep going through the whole list of things, because there's just so many, if you've got a taxable event that's coming up, like you're going to be you know, planning on selling a piece of property, you're planning on selling a business and two years from now, three years from now, or sometime in the next five years, there's going to be a large taxable event. Then they, you need to plan around that. Maybe you pull a bit of RSP money up before, 
then you take a break for a year, then you pull a bit money up and you start pulling money out after. That's where good advice and good planning come together to minimize your taxes, not this year, over the next five years. People who get caught up in trying to minimize their tax this year and pay as little tax as possible are completely missing the game. You want to minimize the total tax you're going to pay over the next 10 years, not just this year. And another one of the mistakes that I watch people make. Are there any favorite mistakes you get to watch people make, Devin, when it comes to this issue? The common one is deferring that RSP and, and RIF to as far as possible to avoid paying tax now. And you, you see it, people getting OAS clawback because they end up with a really large income year at, in their 72nd year. And another one is just maybe not considering state issues down the line and, uh, pulling, deferring paying tax and ending up with a large state, state burden down the line, which may not be the intention for the client for sometimes it is the intention. It's whatever's left is left. And that's what kids are going to get. If it is part of the overall picture, that's something to consider as well. Drawing income now to, to help minimize that down the road. Well, that's the old bear plan. And, and, and we do have clients who, who have that particular plan. I, I find that people tend to be really polarized on this. They either want to have all of the money out of their RSP before they're 65 because they think they're going to lose it all to taxes or they defer it all into their seventies and end up causing themselves a tax problem. When 95% of the cases I see, the answer is somewhere in between. You don't want to, you know, be in your early sixties in retirement, spending through your savings account, not triggering any taxable income and have a super low income for a couple of years and then end up with a really high income for a period of time thereafter. That's terrible. Now, by the same token, trying to cash your entire RSP out before age 65 to avoid estate tax. No, that, that often isn't the right thing to do either. As to be clear, we've covered this in other podcasts. There's no such thing as estate tax. It doesn't exist. It's just income tax. So this is an all of an, in, it's this whole conversation is an income tax conversation. Yeah, the best place to do it, the best place to start is, is consulting someone that you trust and looking at the overall, overall picture. And not just now and seeing how that plays into your overall wealth. Yeah. And part of this is going to be based on an educated guess as to what the future holds. Now keep in mind that, you know, as we've pointed out, the RSP limits can change. The RIF minimums can change. You know, the time you have to move money to RIF can change. So again, having a good solid plan where you understand the variables and that way when one variable changes. It's just a matter of going back and tweaking the plan and seeing how it affects things. And you know, again, leaving all of your money there to your 72 or cashing it all out in the next couple of years are seldom the right move. Much more often there's a nuanced approach in there somewhere and there's no substitute for putting together a plan to find what that number is. Close. It close. <laughs> yeah. The most important thing is if you, if you're not sure. Where to start is to ask for help. Talk to your advisors about, talk to us about what your, what you should do in terms of drawing income in retirement. And we've seen hundreds of cases like this and we'll provide our perspective and in terms of how best to, to draw those assets in retirement. And to summarize, your uncle John is not a really good source for information because what we're, even if he was tremendously successful, he was successful at a point in time. In his own circumstances, this is a different point in time 
you have your own circumstances and your math may or may not be the same. So investing a bit of time and effort to actually do the math and figure out what's right for you can save you thousands and thousands of dollars of your hard-earned money, keep it in your pocket, keep it away from the tax man, and that makes everybody happier. This information has been prepared by White LeBlanc Wealth Planners, who is a portfolio manager for IA Private Wealth. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of IA Private Wealth Inc. IA Private Wealth Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. IA Private Wealth is a trademark and business name under which IA Private Wealth Inc. operates. Based on observation, it seems that the time an investor is most likely to move his or her portfolio to a new advisor is when the old advisor dies. Let us go on record as saying that having a pulse is not a great reason to trust someone with your entire financial future. Stop putting your life in the hands of stillbreathingwealthplanners.com and call us.